Welcome back to another episode of the Anonymous Tip. I am with the Kina Love. And for those of you, this is part two, who listened to part one about mother wounds. And I just wanted her to come back and kind of give us a different perspective on her personal journey and her personal struggle and how she came from struggle to I, I know we were talking about this earlier to just function like you're just functioning mm-hmm. with your trauma and with your struggles and not necessarily he- healing from them and then actually getting to the point where you're healing from them. Welcome, Sakina. I'm so glad to have you again. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. I'm a little bit tipsy still from yesterday. <laughs> oh, well, I don't feel too bad then because... <laughs> some mommy medicine last yo <laughs> i was like i don't know who this week the person i have been this week i don't even know i've been in the house so much and then this week i decided to go out every single night wow yeah and like yesterday i was drinking again and i was like "Ooh, i had to cancel my trainer this morning oh you didn't even go <laughs> i didn't even go yikes for real and I literally just got out of bed but I definitely wanted to have this conversation because it's so necessary yeah um but yeah so I would just say just tell us in more detail um about your journey and your story with the sex trafficking with just how you dealt with relationships and men and how it just affected everything, <laughs> you know? Right. So the first thing that I want to say, and I, I definitely don't want to turn this into like a human trafficking one-on-one, but maybe it could be without the title. Um, yes. One of the main things that we do or that I do, we through my nonprofit is we try to debunk all of the myths that are around what human trafficking looks like. And I know I said the last time, that uh first wait a minute sex you'll hear me say sex trafficking or human trafficking same thing it's an interchangeable word um but you may have heard me say the last time that i never left philadelphia where i live yeah um and i got i I got a lot of comments saying you know they didn't know that it could happen because they just thought it was mainly like in you know other countries and not necessarily the u.s Especially in a place like Philadelphia, you know. Oh, yeah. But if you think about it, uh, Philadelphia is like a hub because we have Interstate 95 and 76, which go forever. Yes. Especially 95. Yes. And just that quick, you could be, and you know this from when you used to drive me to Philly school, before you yeah. would go to Jersey. Yeah. You could be in Jersey and then you could literally be in Philly in yeah, like 20 in seconds. minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yes. like you can be here and then you could be somewhere else or you could be in one part of Philly and then in 20 minutes you could be in another part. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was my situation. I mean, it wasn't some foreign person that I didn't know. It was my ex-boyfriend that I dated from the age of, uh, 15 all the way up until about 23 24 um of course on and off but for the most part we were on and I met him waiting for the uh the train one day me and my cousin and in the beginning he was nice I mean they all all are in the beginning you know (laughs) and um yeah I was a virgin and I was like you know I was pretty adamant about keeping my virginity um and he was cool with it at first and I was like this is perfect like I I never really explored a relationship before that like I may have like liked somebody but I never like was in a relationship um and then he got into some trouble and he wound up going to jail yeah and then he came home and he was like a whole nother person and then the pressure started of me losing my virginity and Oh, if you don't do it, then I don't want to be with you anymore. And I was a vulnerable, by this time, 16-year-old girl that had a bunch of friends that were already being intimate, well, having sex, because they were not being intimate. That's the story for another day. Um, Having sex, and I felt like 
okay, I'm the only one left. I might just go ahead and do it. And me agreeing to something that I really didn't want to do turned into years of lots of fraud and coercion where he would say to me, if you don't do this, then I'm going to do that. And, oh, if you don't want to, if you don't give me your car, then I don't want to be with you anymore. Like, I mean, just a whole bunch of what? coercion, just like a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. And I found myself in some crazy ass situations. That's all I would say. <laughs> Whew. I don't even know how we end up in those situations. Right. Like how do, like what? Because I know when I look back, I'll be like, I did that? What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. I, 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 you know, like I, I think I had mentioned this to you the other day. Um, the particular part of the city that he was standing at the time. Yeah. And when I say standing at the time, it's because he's deceased now. Um, that part of the city is actually the hub for the biggest opioid epidemic ever. Kensington, like the Kensington Frankfurt area. Yeah. And, um, I was, I rolled through there actually yesterday with my husband and the baby. And every time we kind of ride through there, I always get like super tense. Yes. Like not as much as I used to, but yeah. just what you just said, like I used to be in this part of the city. I yeah. live at least 45 minutes from there and I will be up there and like. So like, what would you do look. there? Like, so he brought you there to that place. So it was his house. And gotcha. I would, oh, I would leave school early because he was on house arrest when he first came home. Yeah. So like, my my thing was I was to go to school. I had to talk to him from the time I left the house all the way until I got to school. I mean, literally, I go to school. No. Yes. Like on the bus. I don't care if he had fell asleep. I had to stay on the phone. No. Um, Yes. I had to talk to him when I was entering the school. I mean, like literally until I could not speak anymore because you can't, we weren't allowed to have cell phones. So I would have to like hide it. Yes. And then, like, once I would get through and I would get in the lunchroom, I would have to call him back, and I would literally check in after every class. And then, depending on how I could, like, spin it to my mom, I would go there after school, and I would be there for hours until it was time for me to, like, go. And while that worked for a little bit, then it was, you can't leave. And I'm like, what? Oh, I got to go. Mama, I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. You know, and then that's that's where it really all started. You know, it was just a lot of manipulation and control. And again, trafficking is not you being, you know, thrown around to different people. It could be one person that just uses coercion or some type of force where they not just forcing themselves on you, but they're like forcing you to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of what it was, you know. Is this, um, was it similar? I I mean, I don't know the details, yeah. but like, was it similar to like how R. Kelly has been or like was? Oh, no, R. Kelly, he's sick. That That's on that. Now that is like, that's human trafficking, but that's like times 10. Yeah, because I had like an operation. This, uh, yeah. Okay. My ex did not have an operation. No. Okay. I okay. was I was his I was his property, and I was to do what he told me to do. But he didn't have others. Now, did he cheat on me? Absolutely. Um, and did I have no control of that? Absolutely. Um, and when I wouldn't comply, he would throw that at my face. So yeah, he was a narcissist and a, a manipulator times ten. So how did you? get to the point where okay now this is like years in like did you know what was really happening like were you was it your because it has to be causes of why you end up in situations like Mm self-esteem yeah um just wanting because I know we have similar stories with our parents how we weren't really nurtured and right and things like that which is (laughs) that is another crazy thing I forgot to tell you the reading that I got, she was like, used to have maternal issues. <laughs> you what? Oh, we gotta talk about that. That's yes, I was like, wait, what? She was like, yeah, you still have to work out some maternal issues. I was like, oh my god. But back wow. to this, because um, I know we we both had lack of parenting and like nurturing and love in that way. 
So like, is that what drew you to him or? Yeah, so um, some of the, I guess, risks and barriers is like um, individuals who have dealt with like abandonment, rejection, like you said, low self-esteem, insecurities, um, uh, codependency, like needing to depend on another person, people yeah. pleasing, yeah, uh, which is a big one for me. Um, and a lot of it, not to kind of go there, but go there, a lot of it came because I wasn't taught to trust my own intuition or trust my own feelings. So like yeah. I always look to another person and if that person show any interest, even if it was just a little bit in showing me any type of affection, I was like drawn to that. And in the beginning, he was very invested. And that's yeah. another sign. Like mm. when a perpetrator or a person who looks to take advantage of another individual they'll groom them. So like, it was a grooming phase, like a honeymoon. Like in the beginning, he was like super nice. And like, we spent a lot of time together. Of course, he had to get me super comfortable. Yeah. And then eventually it just turned into a whole hot mess. But I didn't realize that I was a victim until years later. I mean, my organization is five years old. So I probably didn't realize this until about five years ago. But yeah. I can't even say five because I was doing the work and I was like helping other women. But yeah, I you were always. Yeah, but I never really like I wasn't making a connection until I seen some really like intense things with the women, like them being beat up or them explaining to me that a guy held them at at without their will or at you know, I don't know how to say at the, at their hands or I don't know how to say it. Yeah. They held them without their consent. Consent. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh you know, there was plenty of signs. Like I went to Thailand, you know that. I went to yes. Thailand to work with victims of human trafficking. And I got really triggered by like just seeing the women working and being taken advantage of by tourists from from the United States that came over there to buy sex like I was just really triggered by that so there was definitely signs but it wasn't until like maybe like five four or five years ago that it really clicked like these women are you and the, you are the women and yeah yeah because I I even um can relate to that because I like earlier I said you know we have this struggle or trauma or um experiences whatever we went through and then there's years of just functioning and like even though we may see the signs even though it's like oh yeah that happened but when you when it you're just functioning through like you were just helping but not necessarily dealing with it or like understanding exactly what the trigger came from right and then right. you got to the point where you're actually like oh wait this relates and resonates with me in a whole different way that I didn't even understand or remembered because I, yeah. I know my therapist told me one time, um, as we were talking, I was remembering things that happened to me. And yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, I did. I forgot about all mm -hmm. of these things. Like, mm -hmm. I really should be fucked up a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. she was like, you put it in some place in your brain where it, it blocks out memories. Like, I don't even remember um, my childhood I only remember certain parts. Like, I don't, you know how people are like, when I was five, yep. you know what I'm saying? I don't remember yep. anything, like yeah. nothing. Yeah. So was that what it was like for you? Were you just functioning and then all of a sudden it was like God hit you on the head? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think there was so much like gaslighting that he would do. So whenever I would express like, how he made me feel or like him making me do things that I didn't want to do. He would totally like flip the script and be like, I didn't do, Oh, you're crazy. You know? So I, I learned how to suppress again, there it goes. Yeah. I learned how to suppress how I really felt, you know? And that was familiar from a childhood. Yeah, I wasn't really allowed to express how I felt. I wasn't yeah. allowed to tell my mom or my dad, not really my dad, my mom, like that was very hurtful. Oh, you're being dramatic. It, yes. was, it was that type of thing, you know? Yeah. So I just kind of learned how to go with the flow and really block out how I felt. Yes. And I think we relate too, because that's, I feel like our generation is probably one of the last ones who probably dealt with that type of parenting 
where you know it was just what I say goes and there was no questions asked oh and yeah I it, it's so crazy how much trauma that just that <laughs> has given mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying I'm sure you can still relate because like even traumatic situations today I don't ask any questions I don't mm. you know understand well why did that happen or why did you feel like that it was just yeah you know it is what it is it is, is what really it is terrible sad. yes really yeah so like yeah. how did you when you came to a point where it was like okay this is what happened how did you feel and how did you start taking the steps or did you initially take the steps so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question and then throw a pen in there um, because it's like two parts. So yeah. there was definitely like a lot of guilt and shame, and I I felt like it was my fault. Like you let these things happen. It's a lack. It was a lack thereof because of this. Well, if you weren't like this, then that wouldn't have happened. And that that's another myth. Yeah. Um, people think that victims are only individuals who come from very vulnerable situations which that's true but I went to school every day I came from a two-parent household and I was still traffic you know I was very well-rounded you know lived in a nice home and things like that and I was still traffic so there was definitely a lot of uh guilt and shame and blaming self-blame I blamed myself and I felt like it was my fault and I guess the bad thing about it today is that some of those same traits I still struggle with. Um, and I constantly, 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 um, I'm really hard on myself. I don't give myself any grace. I constantly say, well, if he had did this, then this, I feel like that one choice has like haunted me <laughs> even now, 17 years later, which is, a very, very poor way to look at myself, especially with all of the things that I have accomplished and overcame. But that's the trauma. The trauma is very intrusive. It'll make you feel like you can't move forward, that you'll always be the way that you are. Um, I seen like a TikTok the other day. TikTok got some good stuff. Yeah, that's what my mom says. <laughs> you just gotta like, I, I, be, I find a lot of like psychiatrists, therapists, spiritual healers, people on it are just that speak really good stuff. And I was watching one of a girl who was breaking down the difference between like your intuition, which is like your present, your reality versus your intrusive thoughts. Mm. And intrusive thoughts are basically things that intrude your life. Like they're just constantly badgering you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you did this. Oh, you're a horrible person. Oh, you did. Oh, you messed this person up. Oh, you did this. Oh, you're dealing with this because you did that. Yeah, it's very intrusive and it just it's nonstop. It makes you feel very anxious and crazy. And then you have your intuition, which is more calming. It's more assuring. Like when your intuition speaks and you feel like you heard what you heard, you're very like sure of it and you're not all over the place. Mm -hmm. And that is where I have to stay. I have to stay in the present because if I start to like think about all that happened even with him being gone and and dead he's been dead four years five years five years I will be stuck right there if I didn't stay present and continue to just move forward in my healing and I just feel like too like you have to move forward too with or without the person you know what I'm saying like you have to, I don't know, when I just think about myself, like, it's like you really have to find the whatever within yourself to be like, okay, I need to move forward for myself and for what I want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Or you'll be stuck right there. Or you'll be stuck right there. And yeah. like, even with our parents, like, not continue to blame them for the same thing. And, and, and it's not to say that they weren't the cause, but to right. continue to blame really doesn't do anything. You, no. you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, we know that you messed us up and we know that, you know, whatever the situation is, but this is how we move forward. Like, yeah. goes back to we are responsible for our responses. We are so, responsible for our responses. 
yeah just like so how did you get to now you're in a place where you're you're doing the work you're doing your nonprofit and you're understanding a little bit more did you guys ever have a conversation did you ever have a conversation with him before he passed <laughs> the irony right yeah um so i spoke with him on my birthday in 2017 mm-hmm. And he died seven days later. No. Yes. And I didn't think that, you know, that would be the last time that I spoke with him. Um, So let me just put a pen in it again real quick. I, well, even if he didn't allow it, because I'm not, if my husband's insecure, that's on him. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, I am not the type because I'm married that I don't have interactions with males. Yeah. Um, That's weird. And I don't think there's anything wrong with checking in, seeing if, you know, there was something there at one point and we have moved on and we're adults. Yeah. So um, I wasn't like in a room sneaking to talk to him. I think my husband was at work, but I am respectful. I don't just be like, oh, let me go and talk to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I talked to him and I didn't know that that was going to be the last time that I spoke with him. That's why I just said what I said, because. I don't know. I probably would probably still check in with him if he was still here, but I did not know um, that he had some internal battles of his own. Yeah. But let's just let's just pick that apart real quick. Hurt people hurt, hurt people. people. Yeah. And heal people heal people. That's yeah. I learned that. Yes. He was battling his own demons. And um he dipped and dabbled with also being a people pleaser. Um and he made a decision to engage in some recreational drug usage, which yeah. I was very shocked because I was like, I've never known him to do those types of things. I just knew he did weed. I mean, and when I found out, I was shocked because I was like, I just spoke with him. Um, and I mean, if you want to go deep, we can go deep. <laughs> oh. Um, I felt when I heard that it was a possibility he was not going to make it because he didn't die right away. Yeah. That I needed to go and release him. I just felt it in my gut. Yeah. And I had a really good relationship with his sister. We were always really close. I'm really close with his grandma. And his sister asked me if I could come and get his nephew, her son, to watch him while they kind of, you know, they didn't want him to be up at the hospital. Yeah. So of course, my husband then was my fiance. We were getting married the next month. What the irony, right? Yes. Um, I asked for permission. Now, see, I'm I'm respectful. I asked for permission to go to pick him up, number one, and to make my peace. And when I went up there, he was all hooked up the tubes, and his sister warned me like it's graphic, and I'm like, okay, I'll prepare myself for that. She's like. But there's even more graphicness when you get back there. That's not even the word I made that up. He was a piece of work. He had a couple women up there. Okay. No. Yes. <laughs> you are lying. Yeah, I'm not. And his mom, when I walked in, because we were together eight years. So, like, even though there were people after me, probably why he was with me that I didn't know of, I was the queen bee. Yeah. So, when I walked in, his mom was like, oh, oh, oh. You know, let Sakina have her time. And I was like, yeah, there's no need for that because I'm engaged to be married. We are, we were not on that type of time for a long time. Yeah. Um, probably like two years at that point. I was like, I am going to be fine. I'm going to say what I need to say and I'm getting on my body here because this is too much. Yeah. And um, he could still hear. Uh, he would blink his eyes. He could still hear. So I made a joke and I was like, you surely know how to bring the hose out. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I thought he probably was like, because he could still hear, he probably was like, this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to have a joke. You know? And, so did. And like, he just blinked his eye and then one teardrop just came out his eye and I was like, ooh, this is too emotional. And I left and I felt that I had released it. I, I felt like I had forgave him. And um, I went to the funeral again. 
I'm not gonna lie, I did throw it on because I was like, I, I, I got to look, I got to put on, you know. Yeah. I, I'm, this is like it, it's a funeral, but this is this is something dying for me. Yeah. This is me burying this part of my life. This I feel like of my life. This, that was like your giant that you were finally overcoming. Yes. Or at he, least starting the process to overcome. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because he controlled a lot of my narrative even yeah. after. You know, that same very poor choices and relationships, I did that even after him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did a whole lot of what he did it to me, so I'm going to do it to him. And I, I found myself in even more crazy situations prior to meeting my husband. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. yes. Yeah. Wow. So you're at the funeral, and it's been released, and then... You get married the next month, and then what is it like after that? Like, is it still, or was it still something that, as you went through your marriage, you were like, oh, I still have to work on this or that? Like, were there elements of that relationship that spilled into your, into your current relationship? Not until we start dealing with infertility. Mm. So about six months later. Like yeah. we were good. Me and me and my husband were really good friends for a long time. Um, and then we got serious and then I moved to Georgia and you know how they say, I don't know, that the heart grows fine when you're like away. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think me going away for those three months, it really like made him realize what I meant to him and then I came back and we got married. Um and then we got pregnant very early on. And we lost the baby. Yeah. And then I think just grief in general, like grieving the loss of a child, I think that just brought up a bunch of emotions, like a whole bunch of emotions. And then us going through treatment and trying to get pregnant and there being more loss. Yeah. It just kind of took me over. And yeah. um, just a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, panic. I was having panic attacks and just breaking down, um, not knowing how to communicate. Uh, I'm going to just say this too. This is another, put another pin in it. I love putting pins and stuff. Um, <laughs> I became very, very aggressive, as you can imagine, <laughs> from being in that relationship. Yeah. Um, I had to be. Like, I think when I was, so between like 15 to like, uh like 21 yeah uh he he just he just controlled it but it felt like when we yeah because i remember when we was at liberty he was he was still around very much around yes and control itself in philadelphia bro i'm six hours away leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) so it was a build-up so by the time i graduated from liberty and i came home and like the same behavior was he was heightened by then because we were five six years in I started to become aggressive. So, like, I would fight him back. Oh, I see some stuff. I would, ooh, I would fight him, like, fight him, fight him to a point where, oh, I'm, listen, it was bad. I just started to pick up really horrible, bad behaviors. Like, just, I just became like a mean girl. Yeah. You know, and um, some of those same behaviors started coming out in my relationship, in my marriage. And my husband, who was very introverted, it was like, uh, I don't know who you are, but uh, that ain't going to fly over here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I was just like, I had to apologize a lot of times because it was stuff that I just did and I never was corrected for it. Mm-hmm. it. It was almost like a tick for tack. And my husband is not tick for tack. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Wow. So now you're at a place where you had a baby. Yeah. And we thank God for that. My little serenity. Oh. So how do you feel now? Like, how is your spirit mind now? Like, how's your... Do you see a different struggle being actually a mother now? Or is it all Is it all um, in the past? Is it all healed? It's... I'm healing. Yeah. 
Um, but I am way more cognizant now because I have her. Yeah. Um, she's very intuitive and nosy as hell. <laughs> so like if if even if if me and my husband are having like a little I call them heated moments, she's like all in the mix. Like she's looking and so that tells me she's gonna be very vigilant. Yeah. Um and we're going to have to be very careful and mindful of the things that we're doing in front of her. But if there is any triggers or anything that comes up, um, I'm addressing it in, in counseling. We are in couples counseling again, because things have definitely come up since she's been born. Yeah. Um, we're also in, I'm an individual. And then my husband has started counseling, which yeah. we've only been married five years. He would never go, but now he's going. Yeah. Um, which is a big, thing because he has his own trauma that we have both agreed collectively that we don't want to pass down to her yeah so but what a beautiful thing what what beautiful thing to have parents who recognize the issues that they personally have Mm -hmm. and decided as a collective group and as a family that we're going to work and do the work and what's necessary to make sure. Because, I mean, there's only so much you can do. There's still going to be things that you don't have control over, which we all know. But to right. to know that you're trying to do the work to make the best um, you, you know, for, mm-hmm. for your family and just for yourself is, like, such a beautiful thing to hear. Because I feel like not a lot of families voice that out loud. No. You know? No. And, like, and go ahead. It's no shade to our parents, but yeah. I, I kept hearing you say it, but I mean, I hear it all the time. They, 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 they didn't, they did the best that they could and all that, but like, where does the responsibility come in and the ca- accountability to come in to say like, I need to do better so I can be better for my children or my child. Exactly. And um, that's kind of where we're at. Like yes. we, we are fully aware of like the things that are deficits in our lives. Um, that we need to work on so that we do not pass that down. And like, I guess that's my frustration with like our parents and their their generation is like, and all that they did and all that they tried to prove, like, oh, I make you, oh, I I put food on the table, I put shoes on your feet and all that, and clothes on your back. But with the like, things that you're supposed to do, <laughs> exactly. So that's number one, you're right? Being weird, because right? That's what you're supposed to do. But like Literally. in all of that, like all of the proving that they try to do, why wasn't there some type of like, like bell or light that went off? Like you're doing all of these things, but you're not good within. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's yeah. so much. Yeah. There's so much of like what they wanted us to do, but there was no accountability on their end. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's and, so crazy too. I learned that the proving wasn't for us. Oh, no, you know, it wasn't. It was never about us. Like never about really. Us. I mean, I'm not saying all families are like this, but the people who actually had trauma and went through things and and stuff that you know are similar to what we went through. The proving was never about us, mm-hmm. you know, because our parents are similar, where they're very much into appearance and into you know this needs to be like this and blah, blah, blah. But the proving was never for their own kids. Mm. And I'm like, what? I, I mean, I always say this, but when my mom told me that we never considered you, Oof. you don't understand the what weight, did. but also the lift of the weight to know that mm. for years, I felt that my parents didn't love me. Mm. And then when I tried to maybe voice that, it, it was like, who, you know, who are you? Or why would you think that? I do this for you. Mm. I buy this for you. I did, you know, I, all these other things you did for me, but the, the thing that you didn't do was love me. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ooh. You Ooh. you did all the material things to prove, not to me, to mm. prove to others than the outside. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. You know, mm. but yeah, that's that. that that's, I mean, that's a whole nother yeah. conversation. Part three, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what be going on, you know. And even now, I mean, I got some, I got a little bit of time. I don't hear the baby; she's quiet, so okay. she must be either still asleep or playing. I don't know. Mm. The thing that bothers me 
<laughs> about that generation is <laughs> yet and still like with us being adults. Yeah. And them being like seasoned adults. That's a church word. Season. That's a church word. <laughs> 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 They're like seasoned. Yes. To this day, there is still no accountability. There's none. Like there's none. They still want to do what they want to do. They want to say what they want to say when they want to say it. And still, there's not a light bulb that went off saying, like, you need to chill and get your together, yo. Yes. Like, I don't under... And, like, again, no shade. Because I'm a connected in. I know how to connect it in. This is, like, all the stuff that I see that was wrong, I'm doing the opposite. Like, yes. no shade, but it's like, thank you for showing me what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> but also what, what not to be. And what not to be. Yes. You know what I mean? And I'm going to give you an example. So I already know, even if it hasn't been said to me, little comments are made, but I already know that my family and especially like my immediate family think a certain way about the way that I parent. Um, I know that they do because I have a different like response to how I go about things. Yeah. You know, and when I do things with serenity or I don't, I let stuff roll off my back that's just not important. Like her spirit is important to me. Yeah. Her, how she feels or how she's going to feel. I pay attention to when she cries, all those things. I don't be like, oh, you're being dramatic or, oh, you're such a crybaby. Oh, no. I pay attention to all those things because right now with her not talking, she, her crying, or her, you know, not wanting to go to certain people. You know, our parents made you yes. go to them even if you didn't want yeah. to. Yeah, let them cry. Oh, go, go, <laughs> give me that baby. Give me that. I don't force her to go to anybody that she doesn't want to go to. She's communicating now what she yeah. wants and what she doesn't want. And yeah. what I find with my parents, I'm not going to say parents, because my dad is cool. But, like, my mom makes little, like, side comments, like, you know, oh, well, this is what I did. So, but we're not doing what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I hear what you're saying, boundaries. Right. I hear what you're saying, but we're not doing that because that doesn't work or that doesn't work for me. Right. Is, is what I want to be very clear. Yes. And you I, know what I mean? And I've learned that that is okay. Like, thank okay. you. Acknowledging. Thank you so much for your um commentary or for your concern concern or your advice yes. yes but you know I, i'm my own person i'm my own person <laughs> and we're we're evolved. both individuals and yes. although you are my parent and i will respect you because in the bible says that's what you're supposed to do right. um at the same time that doesn't mean that you have to do everything that they say no you know what i'm saying and i always just break those type of scriptures down where it's just kind of like yeah you honor them and you do what you need to do and you respect them but nobody said you had to bend over backwards no and, <laughs> and nobody said that i have to always agree yeah and or I to make them feel comfortable comfortable because guess what there's been plenty of times that i was uncomfortable and i wasn't able to voice that but now no. that i can i'm respectfully declining that, yes you know what i mean yes i'm and dealing with it I deal with it every day. I mean, every and I, I have to shut it down. Like, we're not doing it. I'm not doing it today. Yes. And it, it is a constant thing because even I went back um, with my mom for the week a couple, mm -hmm. what, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And it was just little things where it was like... Little things. It, it, yeah, it's just like the little things where it's like, okay, if that's what you want to do. Then do it. But that You're doesn't right. mean I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a, it's a she... sense of control. It's, a, yeah. it's trying to control it, us. It but is. they don't have any control in their own lives. It's the then, craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Then she was like, Jeff, you're so impatient. Like, it's just, you're just impatient. And I was like, I wonder who I got that from. I can see it in you, but I can't see it in myself. And then she gonna say, oh, oh, well, yeah, you right. You right. Yeah. So, like, let's work on it together. Period. But or don't try to, to say. Don't, don't try, try to, to just put it all on me. Yes, that I'm the most impatient one because we're, we're impatient with each other. Okay. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> you know? 
let's work on it together. Right. So yeah, that's that's just what it is. I yeah. mean, I don't I don't really know. I, I don't like I, I'm telling you, like it whew, it's it, it's just like really, you know, I'm planning for the baby's first birthday parties in a couple months. And uh a comment was made about the deposit for the rest of the haul because that's you gotta pay for that stuff and yeah. I don't I just do what I need to do. If people wanna support or help, that's fine. But if you don't, I'm still gonna do it. You know right. what I mean? Right. And you know, because she because she she wants to pay the rest of the deposit, that then turned into her telling me what I was to do with the party. And I'm like, uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, right. we're not doing that. Right. <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is my this is my daughter, and I may not ever have another one. I'm not saying that I I I won't be able to. I just don't know if I want to. Yes. And I want to make sure that I did everything that I wanted to do for her. Yes. And I wasn't influenced by others on what they think I should do. Right. Yeah. Because because goes back to trying to prove something. Yes. I have nothing to prove. You know? Like I know what she needs because I said this when we were on the last time. While I'm parenting her. I'm also reparenting myself. Yeah. Which is, oof. Isn't Listen, something. <laughs> I know by looking at her, she is my reflection. I know by looking at Serenity what I know that I needed. Like, sometimes when I'm nursing her, she's not really doing it for food. She's doing it for comfort. Yeah. She likes, she wants to be comforted. And and like what breastfeeding teaches you to do, it's it teaches you to slow down. Yeah. So me, you know me, yes. with school and work and Everything. nonprofit, I'm just always on go. Yeah. You know, so she constantly teaches me to slow down, like be present. I need my mom right now. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, I don't I don't need uh the therapist or the nonprofit leader or the teacher. Yes. I need my mom. mom. Ooh, like, that's another thing. Ooh. I need a that mom. Is a, that is I a just whole want my mom. Another thing. Like that is a whole other thing. They don't get it. They don't get it. <laughs> hey, oh no, because we're 32 and that's weird. Like yes. oh, get, get out of here. Yes, please. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I just need my mom right now. Be- like. And you know why though? Because we're 32, because we didn't get that ever. And now that we're going through and working through, it's like, you do, like, am I ever going to get a little bit of that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Does it ever shut off? Right. It's not going to be for me. You know? If she eight years old and want to get in my lap, I'm going to put her on my lap. Right. Like, my dad dad texts me the other day, like, love you, whatever. But I'm like, are you ever? But are Not only is it awkward, but like you're just always gonna send a text every three to four months. If you know my what I'm saying? On this podcast, because you sound like him, his, <laughs> but his mother. It's but weird. It's like you're trying to to really deal with these all of these issues, and it's just kind of like I don't know. People always that are not interested, like, oh, you have to be this and you have to do that, and I'm like, I've done a lot. I've done it all. I've done I'm not a doing lot. Anything else? No, I've done a lot they to make sure that I meet it. halfway and beyond. Exactly. And if they don't, if their half doesn't own up to my half, then I'm going to take my half and, and I'm going to keep on moving forward. Yes, and I will still honor you. And if something happens, I'll be there. But I, but I'm like, I can't keep stressing myself out because you're still trying to prove something. Like, right. what are you trying to prove at this point? Be my oh. dad. Be my mom. I mean, my mom is a lot better, so I don't want to take this credit. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, be my dad. Like, call hmm. me. Why are you texting me? Can we go here real quick? Because you were <laughs> there. You were there in the flesh. So you've seen it. Do you recall it's just backing up what you what you just said. Do you recall at the baby shower? <laughs> I think you I think you know where I'm going. Where we were opening up the gifts and my mom was standing on the left of me and I tried to like talk about how we struggle with IVF 
And, yes. then, and then my mom tried to like cut me off. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, ah, oh, we got to move on. We got to move on. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. Like right. I had to like hold up. Take a take a take a pause real quick. Because I'm gonna tell you what that was. It's it's again, I want people to look at my family dynamic as being perfect. perfect. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. You telling this little story about you dealing with infertility is not a part of that. It's just not a part of what I want everybody to see. Yes. You know what I mean? Like my sisters raised their kids a certain way, but I raised my daughters to be, you know what I mean? So like yes. I was messing up the fairy tale, but that is also me. And it's a part of my healing. Yes. That's me learning to step aside and come from under things that were just not right. Like, that is that is what is her norm, but that wasn't my norm. Right. You know but what I even mean? but even we talked the other day and your friend that was there after you mm-hmm. said all that, she called you for more advice. Exactly. So it's like you like we just can't let people be in the way. No, no matter if it's family or not. No. You just can't let people be in the way because I feel like it is our it, I feel like God has placed certain people in, especially our generation, to mm-hmm. tell our stories mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of, like, no one does. Our parents nope. don't. Nope. You we know? have no blueprint. It's no it's- blueprint. And no one would ever know that you went through sex trafficking and all the things that you went through. Yep. Had I not just spoke up. I mean, yes. even, even when I started to get recognition from the city. And I I was in 2020, right before uh, COVID hit, I was honored by KYW as one of the game changers in 2020. And part of it was to do a news segment. And I was like, oh, Lord, because <laughs> I knew I was going to have to talk about my story. Yes. And yes. I knew that my parents were going to see that because, again, I have besides the people that I can be myself to, I don't have a space to talk about the story. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So, like, I was cringing when we watched it on the news that night. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord. But I had to get to a place where I said, I don't care. I don't care if me telling my truth makes my parents uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't care anymore. Like, I don't yeah. care. Yeah, I had to come to that point, too. And I was, that, that was so, why so long? Also, I didn't, um, I hate to say come out because whatever, right. but I didn't say that I was gay to my mom for so long because I thought I would be disappointing. But then it goes back to I was going back to prove like, what am I proving to anyone? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this is just from my own personal healing. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. it, I'm sure for you, too, it was just like you keeping all of this. It really bounds you. Yep. It really does. Like, it really holds you in a certain box that's, like, you can't even get out. Yep. And until you, I don't know, it's another church word, until you go testify (laughs) about what God has brought you out of Mm -hmm. is such a a crazy release and healing and freedom and just knowing that this, it does not have me, you know? No. And I am who I am. And I, yes. I always was that way. Always very creative, artistic, free, like free, like I was a free spirit. Yeah. Even as a little girl. And that was suppressed. Yes. You know, I wasn't, yeah. a, it was certain things I wasn't allowed to do. Or if it came out that I was doing it, it was, I was being too grown. Yes. Like I always wanted to be a mom. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was just very creative and I would, make up names and stuff. Like I have a couple of family members who babies I named because I just come up with like cute spellings and ways to spell, you know. Yes. And yeah. my mom found one of my little lists of names and I was scolded. Like you what you were what are you worrying about being a being having a baby for you're 14 years old. And it's just like why was that part of me almost like supposed to be cut off you know what I mean like yes yeah it's a natural thing it's it's just a natural way of living who doesn't aspire I mean some don't but for most women they aspire to be a mom they aspire to have a family and things like that and those things were it it was almost like it wasn't 
it wasn't a, it wasn't appropriate. An it was almost like yeah. yeah, it's like you you all you need to focus on is going to school and getting yeah. an education. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah, I heard, I heard that so many times. <laughs> it, it, it's, that's very poor. That's just a very poor choice of words. Honestly, yeah. it is. Yeah, and I think that's the key too is your choice of words. Yeah, because our parents just don't care, and that's probably why. Nope. That's probably why I probably speak the way I do now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and things roll off of my mouth that is probably, for for a sensitive person, could be probably very hurtful. It's just truth. It's just truth, you know? And I don't know. We could talk about that even in a different podcast, too. But, yeah, I just wanted people to hear your story and how um, you came out of your function state. And actually, oh, yeah. are living now, and and understanding, and and learning, and healing. Oh yeah, and it's, it's a, a beautiful thing. Oh my God, it's such a beautiful thing to just know that I'm doing the work. Yeah, I'm doing the work. Each and every time, I can feel a little bit lifted. Yeah, like yeah. even though you may still have certain days, but. It's it's never the same amount of time down. No. So, yeah, I just want to say thank you. No problem. Please have me back. I like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will because it's it's great conversation and it's good. I always say too, like this podcast. I don't want it to be like we're telling you what to do, but more like mm-hmm. we're just sharing our personal stories and you can take what you want from it mm-hmm. and so because I know I never wanted to I was forced as a kid to be and do and listen and be like this so I never want to feel like we're forcing people to take our advice but if something tension or you know tugs you a little and you want to take it take it but I just wanted to say thank you all for listening again this week and thank you Sakina for joining this week and we'll definitely do part three because there's so much I love talking about family and childhood and stuff with you because you just put a lot of things in perspective so thank you again thank you same all right I will see you guys next time on the anonymous tip